Hello and welcome to Illy's Coffee Talks. Season 3 is going to be about all my favorite topics including slow living, inner work, entrepreneurship, creativity, spirituality, slow traveling and health. I am Ophélie Cabanero, your host. Enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, Mathilde. Welcome back. Hello. Thanks for inviting me again. I'm really excited to do this, as usual. The topics today, we have a few, but let's start maybe with the most recent thing that you posted on, on Instagram. You posted something that said, what you want is not what you Maybe we introduce your, you, you a little bit, no? Because in English, <laughs> maybe he doesn't know, know you. Here. <laughs> I've been here like seven times. <laughs> yes. Um, hi, I'm Mathilde Lecam and I'm an empower- empowerment coach for women. I have issues speaking today, apparently, but well, let's do that. And I work mostly sex, love, relationships, dating. That's my kind of area of expertise. But yeah, the common ground to all my work is like, how can you go back to choosing what you want, who you want to be, and systematically putting back my clients into their choices, their power. So Mm -hmm. that's why I changed my title recently to Empowerment Coach for Women. Thank you. It's an amazing, it was an amazing uh, introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so if you are interested in what Mathilde does, I will put all the links, of course, in the show notes. Thank you. So your most recent post said, what you want is not what you truly desire. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us, what you meant by that or what is behind the sentence can you tell me what what you said we were going to make an episode about it (laughs) (laughs) i guess you were the most surprised by it (laughs) so i'm curious to hear like yeah what was interesting for you in that mathilde today is gonna maybe if you've listened to the french episodes you know her uh talking a lot, but today <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over, and I'll be the host today. So, Ophelie, what do you, what did you like about this post, and what spoke you? Yes, it re- it actually resonated because that's what I realized also for my life. I I sometimes think I want things most of the time I think I want things and then the future shows me that no actually you don't need to do that so you so for example I thought I wanted to do the whole craniosacral therapy training Mm -hmm. until my last module of the basic course which was with a new teacher and I didn't I thought okay I won't do the course if it's with this teacher because I didn't really feel good. And so I thought, okay, I the, beforehand I thought the training is 25,000 bucks. I need to come up with that amount of money. 
Uh, I was stressing myself also with this. So we talked about other things before the podcast. Uh, and then all of a sudden I don't need to do the whole training anymore and I don't need to come up with that amount of money. And it's, and it's like, wow, <laughs> you know? And, and that's why what you want is not what you truly desire because we think we want all these things and actually that's not maybe what our soul desires. I don't know if that's what you mean by truly desire. That's how I kind of understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's two parts, I guess, in my post. One is the idea that I don't want to push whatever I'm given by the universe or whatever your beliefs are, the opportunities that are showing up in your life. Sometimes I would call that a green light and sometimes it's a red light. So the story, I, rem I, I remember the day before actually all this story happened. So it was in my dating life, but I'm on that date on Friday. And this guy is really what I would call husband material first date and I'm like oh my god he's ticking all the boxes and we had really a great night it was flowing and when I say his husband material I don't, I don't I'm not saying that I fell in love right away it was not love at first sight mm -hmm. it was more like from a logical point of mm -hmm. view this guy is what Good. Would be a good match in my life. He's a digital nomad, just like me. He likes the same countries or whatever. And and the conversation was just easy and flowing. So I got really excited about, oh, yay, we're gonna get to know each other better. And it seems like a really good thing, just to specify like the state of mind. But I was telling him about this story about Mexico. I really wanted to go to Spain in 2020. Like really, really wanted to go. I spent two, three months just visioning, you know, like this villa I was going to have by the beach and I could feel the sun on my skin and it was so much fun. And I was speaking Spanish all the time. I was re-nourishing my vision day after day and it was lockdown 2020. So I had a lot of time to just <laughs> feed this vision. And when the restrictions lift up, um, I started to do what what I usually do, like nomading. It's like I would try to look for accommodation. I would contact people. Uh, where do I live? Which city? Try to gather information. Everything I was attempting to go to Spain was just like an, ending up in a wall. Every time, every, every message I sent... <laughs> I had zero answer, zero. It's, it, it never happens in my life. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll take a car and I will drive with my friend to Spain and then she will take the plane back. Her flight got canceled. And after so many like, no, 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 no from the universe, <laughs> ended up quite frustrated. And I remember having a chat with my friend and I'm like, you know what? I don't like to push things. Mm. If it's not for now, I'm going to drop it because I keep having signs that that's not the right direction. Like there's no green light. It's red, red, red. Okay. I went to sleep that night and <laughs> I went to sleep and I was kind of angry at 
the universe god which i don't really know to how to define this by myself but this kind of higher power that i think is helping me co-creating in life and i was like okay well we're not going to spain give me a freaking sign like i want to know where we're going it's mm-hmm. oh you know we're moving that's normal <laughs> so um, it's funny because I slept and the morning after I just woke up and like a normal person, I was calling on my phone and I found a blog article about Tulum, Mexico. And at that, in that moment, uh, it was just saying that all the digital nomads in the world were going to Mexico that year, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, where the fuck is this city? <laughs> I've never heard about this place. So I started looking for information. I sent a text to my friend in the US, which I was supposed to meet. And he's just like, bitch <laughs> let's go i just rented a house a week ago like come there's a room for you I'm like what okay G- give me a few minutes to check a little <laughs> bit further if this new to, plan is doable or not to book the flight <laughs> yeah but you know so i i started to sit looking for flights and the amount of money that was necessary to pay for the flight was the exact 10 20 euros more or less It was the exact same amount of money that Air France, the airlines, was owing me from a previous ticket from like a year before that I've tried multiple times to get. Every time I was giving a phone call, yeah, yeah, you're going to get it. And they were never paying me. And so I'm telling myself, well, if I call Air France right now and they give me the money, that's a sign. I did. I make it short. They give me the money right away. I just put the flights right away. And in the end, like when I reflected on my experience, I'm like, well, my intention in my heart, what I really wanted was to speak Spanish and be close to the ocean. That was the desire in my heart. And it was brought to me, just not in the form that I was expecting. I thought it was Spain. Spain was ticking all the boxes. It was closer to my family. Mm-hmm. No, but when the universe is giving you green lights, it's like green lights highway <laughs> so so the same happened recently in my dating life uh, that's why I wrote the post so I'm dating this guy he's ticking all the boxes but the day after he said he wanted to spend some time with me but at the same time he wanted to be alone and and suddenly I'm just not feeling the green light I can't say I was feeling a full red but it's not green I'm not feeling it so I was a little bit upset. I spent a few hours like, man, man, man. I don't know what happened. He was ticking all the boxes. Why <laughs> the universe is playing with me like that? It's not fun. Anyway, I did my practices like I usually do, cleared all the you know inner child frustration, whatever was going on. And honestly, like right, right where when I finished my practices and I could feel I'm at peace in my body, in my mind again, and yeah. I'll drop it. It's okay. I received a text from a guy that I've been chatting with for about a month, but I was not sure I wanted to meet him because he's not ticking all the boxes. Mm. <laughs> he's really nice. He's been really patient. I've wanted to meet him before. I've canceled at the last second, you know, this kind of thing. Like, yeah. And every time he just gave me green lights, green lights, green lights, more patience, more understanding, mm. more flexibility and without being a doormat just being generally nice and waiting for me to be in the right mood to meet him that was interesting 
So on that afternoon, I'm just like, well, would you accept a video chat? Which is kind of half dating for me. It's like, can we half date? <laughs> when, I, when I'm not sure it works the time or I do video chat, then I got a confirmation, you know. And in this video chat, it's like, we chatted for an hour and a half. And it was just so nice, so fluid. So, of course, my decision was made to meet him anyway, uh, relationship or not. We had a really great time. And so the morning after, after this video chat, I really woke up with this kind of weird sensation. I'm like, oh, deja vu. <laughs> this guy was ticking all the boxes. He's my Spain now. <laughs> and what if the, this other guy was Mexico? And I was reflecting on how I could follow easily the signs or the freely in my life in general, in work, in all these things. But when it goes to my love life, I started to wonder, I was just like, do I follow the green lights or do I keep, you know, like being stubborn, thinking what I desire and what I need and what I want and what is a good match for me. We look like this, that, 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 mm -hmm. that. And suddenly I got curious and I'm like, well, I love playing. The universe loves playing with me. <laughs> How about I go and meet this guy? What's the risk? I can meet him. And if he's, if I don't like him, I just step back and <laughs> turn around and say, hey, it was nice. And I really felt excited, you know, like about this new experience, about this new perspective in my life. Like, oh, there's a way to switch gears, even in my love life, like to not do the same things over and over again. And I was so excited to be offered a new something, a new experience. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had no idea if it was a good thing, a bad thing, if it was going to be fulfilling or not. Lots of questions, but I just calmed everything in my mind saying like, hey, this is fun. This is mm -hmm. a fun experience to live it this way. Let's go. And well, I've already told you, I don't want to give details, but I've been seeing this person more than once since <laughs> that day. And it's great. And when I posted this thing about what I want is not what I really desire, no, it's not what I want on the paper. He's not ticking any of the boxes. He's not husband material at all. <laughs> at all. But is he ticking all the internal boxes? Like my heart's desire. I wanted someone to be present. I wanted someone to be kind. I wanted someone to welcome me. When I open his door, he literally says, welcome. And he hugs me. It's the most beautiful thing I've felt in month maybe years you know this genuine welcome and that's exactly what i wanted to feel so at home I, yeah it's like i don't i can't tell right away if the signs are the signs for a forever thing mm -hmm. and i honestly think it's not but like mexico was never a forever thing for me but you know when i look at when i look back at mexico and the experience i had there what I what I really desired, speaking Spanish, being at the beach, was deeply fulfilled for nine months. And I realized because of the COVID regulations, basically, I was offered by the universe something better than being in Spain because Spain was under heavy, heavy restriction at the same time. So I had the most <laughs> glorious winter at the beach, uh, improving my Spanish and everything. Um, so... What I'm feeling for this relationship, for example, no matter no matter where it leads 
when it ends, it's deeply fulfilling what my heart's desire now, basically, mm-hmm. and that I've been longing for for months. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. More. <laughs> so basically what you are, what I hear is that it's more about being aware of how you want to feel, no matter the situation. Like you want to feel welcomed, you want to feel, you want presence, you want to feel good instead of focusing on how it should look, how it should look on the outside. Yeah. And I think if I remember well, I ended up, I ended my post saying, would you be ready to receive your deepest desire in a shape or form that wasn't expected? Mm. And I think we have this tendency when we really desire something, especially if it's far away in the future, you were talking about, you know, your vision board and the house and, and our mind starts working saying like, oh, but to buy this kind of really expensive house, I'm going to have to work this, that, that, and do this, that, that, Mm -hmm. when maybe you can win the lottery. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me thinking that if we restrict our minds and get too attached in the form, we are missing out on some stuff. So for example, when I think about you and the house, my so question would just be... Just to say, like I wrote a blog post yesterday about it, if you want to look at it, it's about, the title is Throughout Your Vision Board, exactly because of what we're talking right now. Yeah. Amazing. And my question is when I'm thinking about your house, like what is the desire of your heart when you think about this house? Like mm-hmm. what is it that you want to feel? The desi- so there is a lot of, like I was saying before the podcast, there was a lot of not hard desires, but a lot of uh, fear and conditioning, limiting belief and all that that wanted this house that house but at the same time there was a lot of I want the comfort then the security this house is going to bring me Mm -hmm. comfort and security and I'm pretty sure that there are lots of other houses apartments even maybe tents (laughs) especially (laughs) some camping now we'll get back Uh, to that I'm pretty sure that (laughs) there are lots of opportunities for you to get safety and comfort that would not look like this house but maybe would fulfill even more this desire for comfort and Mm -hmm. safety and yeah I mean my question and mostly to myself it it was that like how much do I miss out how much do I let things pass because I don't recognize my desire in them whether it's things, opportunities, people, mm. just because they don't look the way I expect mm-hmm. them to look. Mm. Yeah. For me, that's kind of the interesting, I wouldn't call that a lesson, the interesting experiment that is thrown at me right now. Yeah. Maybe we talk about it again in a few months, but so far it's been interesting and fulfilling to follow. Yeah, and I think it's also what you said it might not be forever and often we think this has to we have to make that choice and we have to stick to it forever yeah and it's not really 
I think I feel that things are changing all the time these days and yeah it's not really the way anymore if we can let that go maybe things can I don't know flow more it's like more. Yeah. if we remove all the the old rules that we had before and it's funny because I was with my date today and we had this conversation around um, societal expectations around marriage and kids and all these things. And I think he was having a massive breakthrough, like, but it's not necessary. I mean, who said it was what makes a life fulfilled and meaningful and purposeful? Like, well, dude, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think there's always a layer to decondition somehow. So of course. for me, it was not about marriage and kids anymore because I'm past, I think, that point. Maybe maybe, maybe not even completely. But yeah, same. Like where, where are the expectations that are still preventing me from flowing my best life instead of living my best life? It's like if I allow myself mm. to change and to mm. be flowing, whether it's in my job, but also in my friendships, in the places I live, in my um, romantic relationships, like what does it become? And I think it becomes a very joyful, fulfilling life. Is it following any kind of expectations? Ew, no. What do we do with that? Mm. I think it's still when I hear you talk, I still I can still feel the resistance for myself, you know, because on the one hand I kind of do it, and on the other I'm like, I oh, yeah, but no, but that's not okay, you know. So <laughs> I think it's a process. I mean, I still I still feel my resistance mm. every day, all day as well. Like I'm not reaching the, this point of like total acceptance and flow, but I think it's good that we are able to acknowledge it more and more. Mm. And taking it as an invitation every time we catch ourselves, like, you know, being limited by a certain type of conditioning, just asking ourselves, like, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. Does this rule comes from me? Is it serving me? Is it serving my purpose? Is it Mm. serving my joy? If not, well, Mm, bye. bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, so that was for, I think, that, that topic which makes us slide into the next flow into the next topic which is you you were saying you're a digital nomad (laughs) and this summer till and i came to visit you in Nantes because you were briefly in france for the Mm -hmm. summer and i i realized i think what it takes to be a digital nomad that that at that time and I I said Matilda I want to do a podcast with you about it so what is it like to be a digital nomad (laughs) what does it take what say my 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 question is like what did you realize if you say that it means you had an idea before which I think is common to a lot of people so if if you don't mind I'd like you to say it out loud (laughs) and and then I'm going to tell and you then what, you react to yeah. experience. So again, I would I, I would like to say that Mathilde could be a great host and she could totally I'm start be her a great own host. podcast. I think it's going <laughs> to happen. 
<laughs> letting things flow, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Awesome. Probably going to be one of my first guests. Yay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we didn't even, so we had one month and we took many trains and the, the, the goal of the trip was to do a slow travel trip which means to mean try to pollute the le the least possible and by taking public transportation and not a plane for short distances. We were in France, so we were not going to take a plane. Uh, yeah, but that means you are sitting for hours in trains with other people, <laughs> which I don't like, <laughs> especially the toilet part. I but anyway, the digital nomad life, let's say, You're not always, well, I guess you are often traveling and often in in planes and things like that more than other people probably. But what really, yeah, this, this being constantly on the move, even though you can lead, live for a few months at the same place, sure. But you you always have to find your you always have to kind of see okay where is the supermarket where is my favorite cafe whatever of course i'm going to take that example but can be anything the things you need the things you you need to feel good and you were also giving that example of having everything digital obviously like books and I was like oh but I like my books and ah uh, yeah okay I guess It yeah I mean there are there are definitely a few things that yeah that you're mentioning that at first people don't really realize so there's this dream and people look at Instagram and it's like oh my god I wish I could work from my computer I would be in Thailand and I would go to the beach and then work yes I've done that it's completely doable Um, some things people are not aware of. I've met I've met people that had to work in the middle of the night yeah. to match their you know like their time zone and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That is something you could do for a few months. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I can tell you I don't know a lot of people that find it sustainable in the long term. Uh, so that would be something that people. That you need to think uh, about. That, that, that would make people, you know, like stop nomading because of that. But let's imagine you you have your own job, you're an entrepreneur maybe, or you can work any time zone with a free schedule. Mm -hmm. Then, yes, there's this thing. So every time you change location, you basically have to redo all your life. Mm -hmm. So it's fun for a few months. And I... I I hope that you like solitude <laughs> quite a lot because even though you're, very, you're a very social person, it's not that easy to create real connection with people. I do that, I think, quite easily. It's kind of a gift. Like I'm open to talking to people. I'm not looking for them, but somehow they, I'm lucky enough that they come and talk to me or there's always a joke to crack on the bus and then I make friends. But You know what I mean? It's like I've I've met a lot of digital nomads who are actually suffering from solitude, loneliness, and feeling feeling like they had all they they desired, mm -hmm. 
mm. but feeling empty at the same time because they were lacking the connection. And friends, I feel, are easy to make pretty much anywhere if you're more on the social side and you're not afraid of talking to people and opening your heart. Uh, you can find lots of connection on the way. I find it a little bit challenging to find romantic connections because in general, people who are nomading are very independent by nature, are very driven and are people that knows who they want to go. It's mm -hmm. like, and, and if you put two people like that in a relationship, I want to go there and I want to go on the other side, it can create friction. Um, I would say most of the digital nomad I know, including myself, have this kind of dream that, you know, we want to fulfill, we want to visit these countries, we mm -hmm. want to go there. And sometimes it comes at the price of anything else. And I think relationship is probably one of the first thing we are willing to sacrifice. <laughs> and you can do that for a few years, but... And I've recently listened to a podcast and a guy, a guy that he's been nomading for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Um, he was a nomad before it was a thing to be a nomad. And he was talking about how he, he just got married and that when he was on the road, he didn't really feel like he was lonely or he was missing a person or needing someone. And I have to say, it's, it's kind of the same for me. Most of the time, I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with like the, the connections I'm creating, even if it's not permanent. I'm cool with that. Uh, I love the flow of things. I'm more scared of boredom than uh, mm. challenging myself to change and to discover new things. So, but for example, I realized this year, like as I was building my business more, I needed a little bit more stability. So... These years where I was spending three months here, three months there, three months there, mm -hmm. it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, and same, like, it's not for everyone. Some people can really do good and they just kind of camp everywhere. And they're, I would say, even more nomadic in soul than I am. I like my comfort. And for example, just what you were saying. So mm -hmm. every time I'm going to change location... I end up in a new Airbnb or hotel, homestay, whatever. Is the bed comfortable? I can tell you 50% chances mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. great. And when we're getting older, you know. And we're getting older and, <laughs> and there are some things like I value my sleep much more than I used to when I was 20. Mm. Now I need it, especially with the days where I want to work efficiently and just you know, feel healthy and mm. energetic in my life. So the bed is something, uh, how to cook. I love cooking. And when you're nomading, eating outside, when you are in Thailand or in Nepal or India where it's cheap, that's a thing. And still at some point for me, yeah. that was boring. Yeah. I love yeah. to cook my own food, my own taste. So same, changing location. You don't have your kitchen so you have to adapt with whatever pans you have. Uh, most of the time, nothing is crazy well equipped. So you can say bye-bye to the blender, the oven or whatever. <laughs> and same like after you've been nomading for a while, like now I would definitely choose a place where there's an oven, especially mm. if it's winter. 
because I know it's going to make me happy to cook in the oven. But especially when you start, you just take whatever is good enough. I've struggled at some point with like not having proper curtains in my room mm. because I like to sleep in the dark. Most of the places I've been, there's almost no curtains. So, and then the question comes up all the time, like how much investment do I make mm. in a place that is not going, per going to be permanent? Mm -hmm. So of course, if you're really rich and you have all the money to spend and you don't care, well, you can make any place comfortable you can change the bed snap your fingers but that's not <laughs> how most of the people around me live you just try to find a decent accommodation and what I see more and more is that at some point when you've been doing that for a while you don't go in hostels anymore yeah, nobody exactly. wants to do that I mean when you're working and you you have calls and you have schedules and everything mm. there's no way you're like sleeping with 15 people in a host in a hostel <laughs> I mean yeah. so Something that people have to understand as well, I think, is, is that there's a massive difference in between backpacking for holidays or for a limited amount of time, even mm. if it's one year, and digital nomading, which is you work from your computer anywhere you want and mostly from different locations. Something I wanted to, something that pushed me to start to travel slower is community we were talking about friends and I felt like as long as I didn't have like too much work for example when we met in Bali I was not really working at that time um, I was living on my savings so I had lots of time to create connection outside mm -hmm. to meet people at the yoga class to do mm -hmm. workshops do whatever but this year where my main focus is work I don't have that that much time to explore and to create connections and to do tourism. That's not what I want. I want to be able to focus on work. Mm -hmm. And I, I realize that I can't do both. Be a hundred person in my work and at the same time be worrying because that's about my internet connection. Oh, mm. That's a big one when you're nomading. Mm. Internet connection. What food am I going to eat? How mm. comfortable is my place? Are my neighbors loud or not? Same, like there are probably some people that are able to do it all. For me, at some point, it was, it became a necessity this year to create, to have a sense of community around. So I just stopped in a country where I could find that. And I live in Georgia for the moment. I'm in Tbilisi. And I'm always saying that it's not the dream destination that I've been before. Definitely not. I mean, I prefer Thailand or maybe Mexico is more exciting in some ways. But here I found a deep sense of community. I found long-term friends. I'm able to go to dance classes, which I haven't been able to do in some crazy remoted places where I've hung out before. So yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly about that, like the stress of changing location all the time building community and being okay with aloneness. Uh, and there was another aspect I was thinking about. And of course I forgot. That you were looking for this year, that you wanted more? Community and stability. like For work. Yeah, for work. For work to be able to expand on the other side. Oh yeah, I know. It's also about... <laughs> 
for example, in Georgia right now, I've met some people on dating apps and around that are telling me how disappointed they are about Georgia. And you know why? Because these people are looking at Instagram <laughs> to choose their destinations. And that is something that is kind of making me laugh all the time because Instagram really creates this desire for mm. the beautiful things mm. and the filters and you show <laughs> only the good things of your experience or mostly. Mm. So I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, and, and me, not, not always. I mean, I've definitely showed some dreamy stuff because I've been in dreamy places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know sometimes what it takes. It's like, for example, when I was in Mexico, I told you about the seaweeds. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that, If you do some research, you're going to find out. But half the year is insanely hot. And when I say insanely, it's like I'm used to tropical countries, but the level of heat is serious. And the beach is covered with seaweeds that are so stinky that you can't, you know, like be on the beach. It's, it stinks. It's really disgusting. But that is something you don't see on Instagram. Mm. Um, I've seen you know, like places in Thailand where you would take the the blue water, the, the crystal water at the beach and you just turn the angle slightly <laughs> and then you have a pile of garbage. garbage. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen, you know, like so many places being kind of, you know, like, uh, um, yeah, it's like you, you see only one angle and yeah. after traveling so much, And in a lot of Instagramable places as well, it's like now I'm not impressed anymore. But for people who are expecting that, sometimes they face a massive disappointment mm -hmm. where they, they don't find these beautiful things. Or it's like one person great things under a pile of garbage things. Yeah. And for example, I think the city of Belize, I'm sorry, Belize people, but when you come from Europe, like France or Spain, where we are so spoiled with amazing historical architecture and stuff like that. Here, we the, the most amazing buildings are very old monastery. If you're into that, you got the monasteries. And the city in itself, it's mostly ex-Soviet Union type mm. of architecture, which is not <laughs> the most beautiful according to my european taste mm. so i would say if you prepare if you're prepared to go as a digital nomad in a country you're going to have amazing experiences and obviously i'm not saying that to discourage anyone because i love this life and even though i've slowed down i'm still not living in my own country and i'm still enjoying it still making plans to you know mm. other destinations so It's a life I've loved, I love, but I've met a lot of people that gave up on it mm. and didn't didn't find what they were looking for. Yeah. But if it's about meeting new people, yeah. um, getting confronted to a new culture and new ways of doing things and adapting and finding some kind of joy in adapting in all those challenges. Oh yeah, that's a mm -hmm. fun life. Mm -hmm. But if you're just expecting the dream Instagram mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. you're probably going to be a little bit, yeah. 
disappointed somehow or find it more challenging than expected. Yeah, it's definitely challenging. It's one of the things that this year, I mean, when I came back from the trip, I did a podcast about <laughs> being disillusioned about many things. It was especially when I got back, I think it started on holiday already that I was, I wanted to try exactly this longer kind of holiday where I work at the same time. I wanted to try that with my husband <laughs> and it was a complete disaster. And I thought, okay, well, the dream of traveling together and working together on the road, I don't need to have that dream anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a great learning, just even just for that, to to let that go. For me, but at the same time, I think you did it in the most challenging condition yeah. possible. You but were camping. You went by train. I mean, you went really in hard if I was, on this one. I mean, okay, maybe having a car would have changed, but your crazy holidays and the disappointment that comes with it. Most of the nomads would work from home. I work mostly from mm. home because of my client sessions and stuff like that. Cafes, yes, sometimes. Or co-working spaces. Mm. Yeah, and there was also one there. I've met a lot of people also that take the co-working space as a base for a lot of things because you work there, but it's mostly also where you meet people. Like you're in an mm -hmm. office. And for I me, am. it would always make me laugh because I've met some people who would just do the nine to five at the core working space, <laughs> which I find kind of funny. Yeah. But still, when you're doing that in Thailand, well, you're doing your nine to five, but you can go to the beach from seven to eight thirty, And after that, so. Mm. Yeah. So I made it a little more challenging than it needed to be. But still, I think there there is also a lot of people like on on Instagram there <laughs> I posted a photo like of of the tent and what is what they show you on Instagram, you know, and what it actually it looks like in real life. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who are digital nomads and doing van life and all these things and I think a lot of times, like you said, you just see the, the cool picture and then you don't see you all don't the see all the shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the literal shit. Actually, there was a there is a a girl, a French girl who does uh, YouTube videos, and she did van life, and she was saying that yeah, actually most of the spots it's full of trash because people are not educated they don't this was in in europe huh? or in mm -hmm. the in north america and yeah they just leave their stuff the illusion of instagram <laughs> and yet we're on it too but i'll, I'll try to post more more garbage yeah <laughs> especially in the beautiful places where i go i'll make sure i have a little garbage here and there to make it <laughs> real Thank and i'll tag you on it yeah <laughs> do it. oh my god hashtag yeah. real real garbage <laughs> real landscape <laughs> no illusion yeah so that was for the nomadic life and then we had a little theme that you wanted to talk about 
it was regarding a I think the podcast we did previously was in French. It was about high vibration, like how to feel. Do you really want to put and, uh, that in in this podcast? And this one? It's a lot, no? Maybe we keep it for another day. Um, okay. So I'm um, I'm done, actually. <laughs> I could laugh about garbage for another half hour, but <laughs> me too, of course. Yeah, we always have a good time when we when we meet. Usually, we laugh a lot. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> What did we talk about before the podcast? Anything useful to share? Any anything you want to share? No, I mean we talked about it a little about flowing and stuff and mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch what you're going to send me very soon and Kyle sees maybe we do another one at some point about flowing and what happens when we flow even more and even more and even more in our lives and mm. and if you feel it has positive consequences or not. I'd like to well you know so what is behind flowing I think it can I just want to say that. I'm going I'm to say that. My dear coach, I have many, but one of them, she says, yeah, just, you know, in the morning when you wake up, let yourself be guided by this thing. We don't know how to call it. And, and you really ask, okay. Well, actually, she said, ask your highest self in every situation. What does the highest self want to say instead of reacting right away? Or even, even when I write a text and it's something difficult or I have to cancel something and I feel bad about it, I ask the highest self, okay, what, what should I say? And I feel that, and you said it before, co-creating in this way is so relaxing, you know? When you, when you let go of your control, of course we don't let go of it 100%, but... No, but I think that would be cool because if you're writing a shitty text, then you can say, God made me do this. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, my highest self. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I co-created the spaces in between the words. That was not me. You don't agree with uh, what I'm saying? Honestly, it's like, it's funny that you're talking about it because it's something that comes back a lot for me lately. This idea that you can, oh, actually, I know why, because you gave me this, this you sent me this podcast with this Gilbert and she's talking about it at some point. And she's talking about Byron Katie mm -hmm. that has, hasn't done anything for X amount of years, 20 plus since, since she, um, which illumination or enlightenment, whatever you're calling it. But since, since she had that experience, she said she, has, she hasn't mm -hmm. decided to do anything mm -hmm. that she wakes up in the morning and she lets God move her. Mm -hmm. And when I heard the podcast, I could hear right away my resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh no, but I didn't come on this, I didn't come on this earth to just like do. be a, a puppet or something like that uh, like, the, mm. like where am I if I'm if if I let God take the reins of everything it's not even fun like and 
I was talking about it with my, one of my therapists and she was saying that it's the part of the ego that is clinging to this experience because we're so scared of disappearing somehow mm-hmm. when maybe the experience is not as radical of that. And I can't tell you what it looks like because I haven't experienced it myself yet or maybe following the green lights maybe that's already what I'm doing Mm -hmm. but I always question my beliefs around stuff like that it's like I feel the resistance but the resistance comes with the idea that the way I understand it is that if I'm not deciding I don't exist Mm -hmm. or I'm useless or something like that what if it was bringing a better experience in general to my life. And in this moment, I have no idea what it would look like, but that's where all the expansions in my mind starts from. You know, it's like I identify this belief and the resistance and I try to release it by opening with a a question. Could it be different? Could it be different? And then I let, you know, it's like, I open the door and I let mm. whatever wants to come in, come in. And in general, people send me podcasts or uh, read article, write articles about that. And suddenly the experience is coming and other beliefs are coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and the mix of everything is opening new doors for me in my consciousness. So I can really experience it in, in the 3D, in the living world. Um, I think it's great to question that kind of stuff. And I think often there I hear things and then I hear them again from another person and maybe in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And then again, slightly different way, but it means the same thing and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I I I watched the, it was it's random, but it made me think of it when you were talking. A Netflix documentary called The Mind Explained and the episode of the second season in this episode there's a psychiatrist talking and he says I don't know if it actually really makes sense in this context but I thought of it so I'm going to say it Uh, distraction is a way of avoiding existential anxiety and he says humans are ambivalent about being free On the one hand, we say, I want to be free, but when we are free, it feels metaphorically like we don't have gravity. And as Mm. a result, people build these balls and chains into their lives so that they don't experience that freedom. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see how it relates to just what we were saying, but I think it's very true and it's something that if people have never questioned themselves about that, like I felt it, especially, you know, like when you're nomading and the, the, especially the moments Mm -hmm. where I didn't have to work, Mm -hmm. I could feel dizziness Mm -hmm. somehow Mm -hmm. about the amount of options, the amount of choices I, I have. And yes, we could think it would be easier because you have more options, but the responsibility that goes with it, Mm -hmm the fear of doing the wrong thing that mm-hmm. comes up mm-hmm. plus just like yeah I've, I've definitely felt it like if I'm free 
I can really do anything. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's joy, but there's fear. There's mm -hmm. no structure anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I when I heard that yesterday, I had to write it down because <laughs> who would have thought on Netflix? But it was it's the most profound thing I've heard in so long. And I don't know how to bounce back from that. <laughs> But we, yeah, we were at the, um, the end, letting ourselves be guided. I think it's it's a little bit, it goes parallel, maybe, you know, like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel where you got the link in between. It's just, uh, maybe it's the same kind of floaty sensation mm -hmm. when you're like but what's gonna happen if I let God spirit mm -hmm. whatever guide me and mm -hmm. suddenly there's mm -hmm. this thing oh my god mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. becomes possible well yeah. what is it going to make me do or but and... in a, if you feel I think you just have to you don't have to believe in that at all if you maybe you already turned off the podcast it's okay <laughs> but if You try it for with usually maybe you cannot do that by yourself first. So maybe with a coach like us, you can who holds space, someone who holds a space for you and who is connected in a, in some way. Uh, like my coach, for example, does for me in those moments, in those sessions where, or where she does it when we have a coffee, even you know, and she usually I cry. And usually that's the sign. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm feeling something. Wow, I'm feeling so much better. Okay. I let myself be guided. I trust. It feels freaking amazing because usually before that I was crying my eyes out because I was not feeling whatever there is. There was trauma. There was whatever. And then she makes me connect in this way. Helps me. And I feel totally different. And then that's how I know for me that it works. I'm going to feel so much more relaxed, for example, like I said. And and I'm going to be able to work, for example, easier. Like I, I redid my the text on my website. And for a few weeks, I was like, okay, I should do, I should do this text again. I don't know what to write. I don't know. And then I was in one of those moments where I felt super connected. I went, I sat down at the river. The sun was shining. It's freaking amazing. Swans were passing by, like ducks. It was so cute. And then that I was writing in my journal. I was started to write for myself. And all of a sudden the text appeared. And I'm sure you had those moments too where things become effortless. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, of course. But the, so <laughs> I think it's this, but what do you think then uh, if, if it's not that? I'll let you know when I'm there, but I think there's more to it. That's how I feel. Because we were, we were saying it before that we still feel some kind of resistance every day to really flow with anything in life. I think the moment where there's no resistance anymore or way less we're going to start experiencing that but on a much deeper more profound level and it will probably be more impactful in our lives as well 
So um, I think it's great that we keep playing with it and probably we're already touching it in these kind of moments of allowance and and peace and ease when you have something to write and it's not that you don't want to write it, but at some point you're just going to flow and let yourself be guided by the riverside and and becomes a pleasurable moment. But I don't know when you were talking, I was just like, is this flow or mm-hmm. is this, is it just like controlling this, the experience and making it just a little bit more pleasurable and easy? Is this flow or is flow it? Or is it just making it a little bit more pleasurable and easy in the sense that there are some stuff that I know I have to do. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm saying I have to do that, mm-hmm. basically, I'm not sure I'm connected with any kind of deeper flow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am. But every time I would free myself from one layer of conditioning that mm-hmm. I have to do it seated in my home at my table and instead mm-hmm. go for a walk first. Uh, just being yeah. aware that there's sun shining and it's amazing it's an amazing scene it looks like paradise because you have ducks and swans and everything just being aware of that connects you to mm-hmm. to beauty and to more ease and to more flow mm-hmm. is it all there is to this like flow experience and let god's spirit express itself through you my guess is there's much more to it. Much more to it. So you mean when you are to connect to the divine, that's not that. It it would be something different. My intuition tells me that it would be different. And we're probably not able to to grasp it yet because it's not part of our experience. But I think it's also a matter of how long can we keep this connection go? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's just like one hit of something in your I morning am. that says you're doing that today, like an inspiration. I think it's more like a, a sense of presence in everything that you're doing. First, your own presence, which I think is hard enough to develop. And you were talking about all the distractions that are keeping ourselves from experiencing from life, from our bodies, from our sensations, from emotions, everything from our emotions. And I think when, once we're able to cultivate this kind of presence much more in our life, Mm -hmm. then it becomes much easier to create space for something even more connected, God, spirit, whatever. And that's the way I kind of imagine it. And this idea that you're not doing things by yourself, it's like you can be present and at the same time so open that everything flows through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll call you next week to tell you how it goes, like with the new experiment. But yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of concepts. And I think practice is, in, is the only way that we can get to expand our minds, our hearts, and to live a genuine experience for ourselves because we can talk about it for hours i also don't know right if i have the answer or not i just say what i experience and how it feels and what i think it is 
And as long as it helps me, I don't care, you know? <laughs> I completely agree with that. That in the end, whatever belief I have and some, some I have some clear beliefs and I'm like, uh, is it serving me? Why do I believe that? It serves because it makes me feel better. Yeah. I keep it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's okay to keep it and to be aware that it's still a belief. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was I was having a conversation about reincarnation <laughs> yesterday, yeah. and the question was, "Do you believe in reincarnation?" And I'm like, "Well, I won't fight for it, like because I don't know ultimately if it exists or not. It's just that what makes sense for me in my heart, in my soul, and it has always been like that. Um, mm. Is it okay if?" People don't believe in it in front of me. Yes. Is it okay that someone give me proof that it doesn't exist? And yes, <laughs> because in the end, I think we're going to find out when we die. Mm. Yeah. And then, probably yeah. not before. And in the meantime, does it help me mm. in my life? Mm -hmm. I feel yes. Yeah. It's an idea that I enjoy that <laughs> somehow there's some kind of continuity after death. Uh, do I want to fight for it because it's something so strong? No, no, no. It's it's okay if you yeah. if you don't believe the same thing. Yeah, but this is the kind of thing we can not know. Yeah, until next time. Yeah, yeah. Or some people like to have, and maybe they have their proofs for their lives that it's enough. You know, mm -hmm. but for example, on that belief, for me, it's just a belief because I have no certainty around that. And and it's okay. But sometimes also, you know, sometimes there are those, for example, Kyle sees, um, I will send you a video of him, and sometimes he says things that resonate so much that I start crying. So then I know, yeah, it resonates. I believe this, you know, because my body had this reaction. And then I don't care if it's true or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just true be, for me. To be able to have like discernment in between what you consider your own truth and the ultimate truth. And I think a lot of people are confused about both. I think whoever's experience is valid and true in itself, because if a person is experiencing whatever, there's no reason for me to question that. But is it ultimately true? I think everything is illusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, there is no one truth. That's what I learned. I, w I would I would love for it to be one truth. And, and this is how the world works. But apparently it's not like that. So if it resonates for me, it's enough. I agree. And you're not trying to kill other people that don't have yeah. the same belief as you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And kill Let people in in general, like also if we can avoid that. It's not really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a really nice thing to do. <laughs> I don't know how my reincarnation would look like after that. You know, <laughs> what if no. it was better than the actual one? If I kill someone. Mm -hmm. Who knows? We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mathilde, for talking to me with me. 
<laughs> Thank you Dave. for inviting me to have these crazy conversations yes. again. <laughs> Thank you, you for listening and, uh, and bearing with us until now. Let us know what you think of all this uh, woo-woo talk. And until next time.